This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. So today at Oasis City Church is. Family Sunday. You're going to hear us say that name a lot because it's very important. And today is intentional about uh, our families. And we celebrate children. We celebrate marriages. We celebrate the fact that we together are family. As a matter of fact, God invented family. Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2. God is the one who invented family. It was his good idea. And uh, family is found all throughout uh, the Bible. And you know that, you know, many of you, even this weekend, will have a, a barbecue or a cookout and such, and you will have family members there, some extended family members that you might not see a lot, a lot of cousins and distant relatives and such. And it's inevitable that in these kind of extended family gatherings, you hear words like, you look just like your granddaddy. You look just like your grandma. You know, you are a perfect blend between your mommy and your daddy. Or like, we're not really sure where you came from, but you know we're glad you're here kind of comments. Because in our natural families, we rely on things um, like familiar faces and familiar features in our our, our skin color, tones, eye color. You've got your daddy's eyes, you know, these kinds of, of statements. But so the Lord invented family and all that's good. But then in the new covenant, Jesus one upped the whole thing. Jesus himself re- designed, renamed, re-identified the word family. Take a look at the book of Mark chapter 3, verse 31. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and he said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus redesigned family. He redefined it. He expanded the word. And this story is so unique. So just picture this, like Jesus is in a building. Maybe there's a room full of people just like this, listening to the words of Jesus. Mama and brothers come to see Jesus. They need 
something because they're willing to interrupt what he's doing and ask for him. So they show up and knock at the door. Yes, oh my, it's Mary and the brothers of Jesus. And, and, and they say, go get Jesus. We need to see him. So they send a messenger to come in and say, Jesus, your mother and brothers are looking for you. And Jesus then says one of the most unique and probably offensive things. An opportunity for offense. Your mother came and is asking for you. Along with your brothers. And you ask this question. Who's my mother? Who are my brothers? I mean, could you imagine the thoughts going through Mary's mind? Even if she w- was refusing to be offended. Like, boy, I still gave birth to you. I know you are the son of God. But you are also 100% my human son as well. And could you imagine his brothers being like, we played together. We did all this together. We were adolescents together. We were teenagers together. We got secrets. We got friendships. We, we, we you know, threw rocks and, you know, we, we broke a window. I, you know, I don't know, whatever it was. And like, Jesus, you're going to diss us like that? All of a sudden you say, who's my mama and who are my brothers? We're right here. And we're asking for you and you won't even come outside. Opportunity for offense. Who's my mother? Who are my brothers? And the Bible says he looked around at everybody who was looking at him. And he's, he's basically saying, from this day forward, I'm making a new announcement. Anyone who serves the will of my father is now my brother or my sister. That's powerful. You don't have to have the same last name. You don't have to have the same bloodline. Doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Doesn't matter what color your skin is, your ethnicity, what language you speak. If you follow the will of the Father, if you're in the body of Christ, you are now family. You're not just some extended relative, out cousin, distant cousin, not sure even who your mama or daddy is cousin. You are now brought in and considered a brother or a sister. As a matter of fact, the Greek word eldophos, which is translated as brother or sibling, is used, get this, 342 times in the New Testament. 342 times this word of brother or sister, sibling, is used in the New Testament because the new covenant, the church, is all about family. It's all about us being connected as brothers and sisters. It's about us being united by the word of God and not our differences, not our political differences, not the color of our skin. It is about more than just reconciliation and being like, okay, we, we agree to at least like we could sit at the dinner table for an hour. No, this is family 342 times. You're my brother. You're my sister. The gospel changes our last name. You still have that. You still have this identity. But you're a part of something so much bigger and so much greater. 
And if you feel alone and you feel like nobody understands you or nobody supports you, guess what? You've got something that's so large. We've all had these experiences together and we can glean from, share from, support one another. No matter what we're going through, you're not the only one dealing with what you're dealing with. And Jesus cares about each and every one. And Jesus has an answer for each and everyone. As a matter of fact, speaking of names, uh, today at Family Sunday, we wear name tags. So you have a name tag, why don't you look at your neighbor's name tag? You, you, you might live with them, but um, you can still see if they have one. If you don't, now you can get introduced yourself. We all wear names. Names are important. You have a name, I have a name. And, and names identify us. They identify things. As a matter of fact, this church has a name. It identifies us, and it has a name tag basically on the side of the building. It's a permanent structure, and it's called Oasis City Church. It lights up at night. People can see it. We love it. This street has a name. Helps you know where to go. How do I get to Oasis City Church? How do I, how do I see this great church? Well, you go to 975 East Wind Drive. The city has a name. Identifies that your street has a name. That's how people locate you. They find you. Names are important. Names are uh, um, the way we use language to communicate uh, our, our names. As a matter of fact, speaking of names, there's a quaint village of about 3,000 people on the Isle of Anglossy, Wales. And it's a real place. It's not just a storybook place. But it happens to have a name that is 50 Eight characters long and 18 syllables. Exactly, that's the, the name of this village. True name, true story, real place. And it's the second longest name of any place in the world. There's a place in New Zealand that actually, believe it or not, has a longer name. So people can't necessarily go there and pronounce the name, so they shortened the name a few years ago, and you can see the uh, shortened form of the name. Uh, still pretty intimidating enough, actually, that I'm not going to even make the attempt. So then a few years later, uh, villagers said, we need to shorten the name even more so people can know where we are and how we find us. And so they come up with the shorter form, which is still um, something I'm not going after. But I will tell you that this name has a meaning, like all names have a meaning. And this is the meaning of this village. It means the church of St. Mary in a hollow of white hazel near the rapid whirlpool and to St. Tisilio Church near to a red cave. Welcome. Welcome to my lovely village. Of course, that's the English translation of a Welsh name. But it's interesting that names do matter. And God cares about names. As a matter of fact, um, naming a child is one of the largest privileges you'll have as a parent. Because that name sticks with them. And oftentimes we find in the Bible that biblical names, what we determine as biblical names, those mentioned in the Bible, um, had meaning behind them. And parents would, would have children and name them either uh, based upon what they wanted to see that child become or what that child uh, did presently. I mean, there's actually somebody in the Bible whose name means you gave me great pain in childbirth. 
we've all met people that have a name and you're kind of like, is that really your name? Some, some celebrity names out there. You know, there's even websites about all these crazy names. And there's names, and then, then you have names, then you have nicknames. You know, there's, there, and so it's like, you know, what's your name, and, and, and what's it mean? And, and names are very interesting, and God likes to insert changes into names from time to time. Even God goes beyond that. He even changes names. As a matter of fact, the first time that Jesus met who we call Peter, Peter's name was Simon. And the, upon the introduction, uh, Jesus is like, hello, Simon. Everybody calls you Simon. But from this day forward, your name is Cephas. I can imagine that being an interesting introduction. Like, hello, Jesus. I know I'm supposed to follow you, but I have no idea who Cephas is. So Jesus changes Simon's name. And then Simon doesn't figure things out till three years later why his name was changed. And then the early church figures out, I can imagine Peter being like, why did he make my name rock? I mean, I, I kind of like Simon and, you know, everybody, my whole fishing business, you know, it's, it says Simon's fishery on the front of it. I mean, um, now I could imagine maybe if he owed a little bit of taxes, he's probably happy as a name change. He's like, I don't know who Simon is. I'm Cephas, you know, but, but eventually we catch up to the purpose of why Jesus changed his name. Oftentimes we don't understand what God is saying into us, the label, the identity, the destiny God's placing in us. And many times, even though we can't even embrace it, and if we do, other people don't, and they start questioning it. And this is why our relationship with Christ is so very important. So uh, we have name tags, and I've got one here. And so I'm going to put my name tag on to follow the protocol of Family Sunday. So uh, my name is William. Say William. Hello, William. Yeah. So, of course, you know me as Bill because in my life growing up, uh, nobody said your name was William. They just all called me Billy. And then uh, then they changed me to Bill. So uh, Billy, you know, yeah, it sounds fun. You know, it's like, wee, it's got that wee at the end. <laughs> Pastor Billy. So... Uh, so, you know, but my name, it, 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 I learned the, the, the meaning of my name when I was younger. And so my name, William, very common name uh, back in Europe, different countries uh, and, and such would use the name. And it means great protector. It means the gilded helmet bearer. Like if you can imagine Wilhelm, the, the king of, of Germany was known for this, this you know, gilded helmet that he would wear and the name William comes from this that prestige somebody who's a strong leader is in, in other words that name it, it also means like strong willed leader and so if you know me you can you know maybe you see that that I live up to some of that in my life and I find that I do I I, I find that I love protecting those that I love those that are around me um, and I want to make sure that they're okay I enjoy leading and so I recognize that my name um, is almost prophetic in my life. My wife's name is Lynn. You know her as Lynn Thamilaris, Pastor Lynn. Lynn means by the lake. Ah. Uh, it also means a pool of water under the waterfall. 
So you know the waterfall, and then you've got that really calm area of a pool of water. And that describes my lovely wife. I'm like, I just want to dive into that pool. Lynn likes water. She wants to live by water. She's always wanted to have an ocean front home or a, a house by the lake. And, and that, I, it just describes Lynn. It's so awesome. But, but here's the thing that many people don't know is Lynn is her nickname. So while it's easy to say Bill is William, we get that. Lynn's name given to her by her parents is Leonardo. Leonardo, beautiful name. As a matter of fact, when we travel anywhere in South America, they say it so beautifully. It just rolls off their tongue, Leonardo. But Leonardo is a derivative of Leonard. Leonard is her father's name. Leonard means lion. Leonardo means brave as a lion or lion-hearted. So, so we have this thing happening in our house where I have to recognize, am I dealing with the pool of water or the roaring lion? And for 25 years, I mean, I'm alive. I can say that. I walk with a limp, but I am alive. Moral of the story. Husbands, know your wife's name. Know the name of your wife. You got to know, what is she really? Some people call her this, but, but what's her identity? Abraham, Sarah, Jacob, Peter, Paul, all had God either change their name or adjust their name for a purpose. And what God did is every time in the scripture that this happens, you see that God is speaking or, or, or identifying their purpose based upon this shift. In fact, did you know that God has a plan to give you a new name? Take a look at the words of Jesus in Revelation chapter 2. In verse 17, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're born again. There is a day in heaven where Jesus is handing out gifts to everyone. And this gift is described here as a white stone. Now, theologians have studied for years, what does this white stone mean? What does it represent? Don't really have time to go into all of it, but we know that we each get one. But on the white stone is a new name. And the name is between you and Jesus. The only one who knows it is the one who receives it. Isn't that amazing? And he says, he starts off, let him who has an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. 
So if you are here, H-E-R-E, raise your hand. If you're here online, raise your hand. And if you can, H-E-A-R, raise your hand, here, hear what the Spirit of God is saying. We're all in this together, this mystery of a relationship with Jesus where he has something for us and he gives us a new name. And the only two people in eternity who know it is him and you when it's revealed to you. Isn't that amazing? He reinforces Oh, that was funny. Forces. He reinforces the scripture again in the book of Revelation in chapter 3, verse 12. You gotta know when to laugh at yourself, that's for sure. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down from my God out of heaven, and my own new name. Say name. This is fascinating. Between these two scriptures alone, Jesus himself is talking about this name that he's going to give us. And he promises it's one of four things. It could be all four things. But but take a look at just the names that Jesus could bestow upon you. It's a new name only known to you. It's the name of God himself. The name of Jerusalem or Jesus' name. Could you imagine you are given, you're stamped a new name in heaven. And you are, what if that name is Jesus himself? It's quite possible right here. Why? Because you and I are a reflection of Jesus. He has a name uh, special just for you. Whether or not you're not uh, proud of your name, your given name or not. Whether you've got a, a nickname or not. As a matter of fact, if you're watching online right now, just tell us what your nickname is. We want to shout you out. Are you Billy? Are you Lynn? Are you Kenny? There's only one Kenny, so. Well, we got two right here. They're powerful. Preachers and leaders. And... This is why family is important. Because you got to know your name. And you got to know how God looks at you. And that even if you've had a rough situation in life, even if life right now, maybe you're not very proud of your name, what it represents. Maybe you made some mistakes and your name represents hurt in other people's lives or failure. Or you signed a contract and you put your name on it and you knew you couldn't live up to that. Maybe it's a business situation. I just feel the Spirit of the Lord on me right now just prophesying to some people. Maybe I just see signatures uh, and later you looking at them and being ashamed that you signed this. I can say that because I was there once at, in a business deal that went very bad. And I remember feeling the guilt of that. Well, if I just didn't sign that, I wouldn't have had my family in that situation. But let me tell you, we serve the best and the greatest redeemer. And he's a redeemer of all things. And he can redeem your name. He can redeem your bad decision. He can redeem the, the signature that represents so much in your life. And you know what he does? He partners with your signature now. But you have a father who knows your name. And you have a father who puts names 
in a family. And that's why we can celebrate and we can be rest assured that we're a part of something that's so much bigger than where we were born, who you called mom and dad, that we have brothers and sisters in the Lord. 